Hey, what the suck family? As you may have noticed, we recently switched to Anchor for our podcast hosting needs. That's right. We were using another site that had us paying 20 bucks a month for services such as unlimited uploading, unlimited hosting, and distribution. Anchor will distribute your podcast to Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, and many more, and they do it all for free. They make it super easy to create and start your podcast directly from their site. You can record and edit directly on the Anchor website or app directly from your phone. It's your one-stop shop for everything you need to create your own show. They will even help you find sponsors to fund your project. Just go to anchor.fm and get started today. There really is no easier way to do it. What? No! You suck! Hey guys, and you're back for another episode of What the Suck Podcast. I am Chris. And I'm James. And we are here today for episode number 14. Is that right, James? 14. 14, bro. man. 14. How yeah, fast yeah. the time flies, dude. Yes, sir. All right, so uh, today's episode uh, 14, the movie today is called Flight 666. Yes, you heard me correctly. Flight 666. First of all, would you ask even get on the plane if the flight number was 666? No, I think I'd be I'd be late for grandma's funeral. I would not. <laughs> I I wouldn't get on the plane. Fuck that. I probably would just because I'm a glutton for pain and I want to test uh, my uh, fate, my destiny. So I'm kind of fucked up like that. So, uh, yeah. So flight six six six. It's uh. Let's see. It's uh. We got going on here. It's released in 2018, so fairly recent. Uh, it's passengers and crew on an international flight are attacked by unseen forces that threaten all aboard. As they fight to stay alive, they start to realize that these are actually the spirits of murdered girls determined to stop their killer on board who will do anything to remain f- Directed by Rob Palatini. No, wait, wait. I fucked that up. P- Rob Palatina. Starring Shamar Philippe, Liz Fenning, Greg Furman, uh, Jose Rosette, uh, Joseph Michael Harris, Clarissa Thibault, 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 Jesse James D'Angelo and a bunch of other fuckers. <laughs> Screenplay by Jacob Cooney and Brandon Stroud. Let's see what else we got here. Anything else good? No. Uh, released uh, May 29, 2018. Also known as Flug 666. I'm not even kidding. If you look at the IMDb listing, it lists it as also that German name. I guess it was a German movie but also oh it's the german dvd title so oh, it's das what das grauen das grauen über den, über den vulcan the vulcan <laughs> vulcan what uh yes okay so uh i still ain't getting on a fucking plane <laughs> okay i don't give a fuck what language it's in i ain't getting on a motherfucking plane yeah, well i mean because yeah cause no matter what language is in even if it says flug for flight it still says six 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 in that motherfucker so Numbers don't change. Fucking now, what they need to do is call it Flug Sace Sace Sace. Yeah. Then you would like, yeah, yeah, I'll get on that bitch. There you go. Yeah, multi languages. Yeah, two and one. 
Well, before we get into all that, though, we need to go ahead and discuss the rating system. Absolutely. Okay, here we go. As hold on, as as we've discussed previously in the in the show before, our rating system is a bit different. It's sort of backwards. That's because we actively uh, we actively encourage you to watch these movies. Now, doesn't mean that they're all going to be great. There's going to be some really, really bad ones, but even the really That's bad shocking. ones, yeah, even the really bad ones should be listened to at least once. And for that, we have the rating system that's reversed. James, what is that rating system? Our rating system, Mr. Chris, good sir, yeah. is based on turd emojis. Okay. And we rank movies one to five turds, five actually being the worst. The more turds, the bigger the stink fest. Yes, absolutely. So I will go through them one at a time. We have one out of five turds. You're going to keep it in your queue, share it with friends frequently, and it's so bad, it's good. It's just one of those ones that's so bad, it's hilarious, funny, it's great. Like our buddy Jack Frost that we did a couple weeks ago. That That's off the chain. It's going to be your, your new cult classic. You got it. Two out of five turds, you're going to watch it with friends and play a drinking game, which we actually did on episode 13 with our friend Joe Brita from Old Humble Distillery. That's correct. And we had a ball doing that. Three out of five turds, you're going to share it with your friends, but drink heavily. You'll need it. Four out of five turds, bring it out on special occasions. Share it with friends you don't like. Share it with your ex-wife, whatever. Their, you know, their new boyfriend, whoever, you want to drive somebody away. This might be the caliber of shit movie that you need to break out. And five out of five, the king shit, top of the heap. Watch it with, when, watch it with friends once. So bad, it's horrible. Smoke it out of your memory. Take drugs. Uh, head first, dive off a balcony. Whatever it takes to get it out of your head, do what it takes. And then but, you go home and shower and clean yourself with bleach or some sort of... please. Yes. Yes. And like Chris said, we definitely want y'all to watch these. And the worse they get in turds, you know, the more people you're going to want to have present and probably the most more alcohol you're going to want to consume oh absolutely that's what we're here for so hopefully you'll uh listen to the uh advice and catch one of these wonderful movies also we would like to give spoiler alerts i am actually going to start on our social media pages putting out little previews of our episode like on tuesdays or wednesdays to let you know what movie is going to be coming out that friday so if you'd like to watch the movie before we you know before the review goes live then you can do that, and that way it doesn't spoil it for you. Now, if you don't care about spoilers and just want to dive head first, God bless, and have at it. All right, so I guess with that, I guess we can go ahead and get into the review of the movie. Uh, are you ready, James? I still ain't getting on the fucking plane. <laughs> well, I ain't ready to fucking review this fucking movie, but we're going to do it anyway. Let's do it. Piece of shit. Some rough air coming up. Projections are all over the place. This thing is following us. There's something out there! Excuse me? What's happening? Uh, it's, it's just nerves. There's a lot of crazy, unseen shit going on in here. What is that? Something's not right, Brad. What the hell is going on right now? Attention! What did you say? 
just need to find the source. Okay, so from the get-go, the opening credits don't seem to relate with what's going on with the movie theme. You're sitting there going, what the hell? Basically, it's out of place. It doesn't really go with the synopsis of the movie because it shows what appears to be a serial killer and several victims and ways he's killed people, things like that. And you're like, this is about a flight. You know, what the hell? So, just when you're thinking, what the fuck's going on? Whammo! Here comes the plane. Your scene change, and you're instantly on the plane. Just like that. Bam. Yeah, the uh, the beginning was just kind of weird. It was, it was, I don't know, like, I if I hadn't seen the title, I would not have realized I was watching a movie about a uh, demonic flight, because it was just random quick flash and, and, and hard edits of, of some dude killing women, and then just, like, cleaning up and, and covering up the bodies, and... and who knows doing what so it's yeah it was a little uh, off-putting it definitely you know it normally the uh intro or the beginning of a movie or the credits of a movie even if it's like one of those movies where the credits are just against a black background the whole time while they play a song or something it, it's supposed to help set the scene for the movie it's supposed to put you in this mindset of getting ready to watch this movie that you're that you've hit play on and yeah it definitely doesn't prepare me for a thrill-filled ride on a haunted plane instead it makes me feel like i'm watching a cop drama or something we transpire to an external shot nice word transpire and the cgi i i I basically relate it to like 1966 japanese ultraman kind of uh, <laughs> special effects a little plane on a string kind of thing i think that was better than than this the cgi of this plane i think you're probably right it was pretty damn horrible yeah it was it was definitely wasn't rendered all correctly or it wasn't finished it, well, it, like, it just oh, looked great. bad here we go yeah thankfully well, we don't see the plane exterior of the plane all that much Okay, so we get on the plane. This is a typical plane. Okay, but I will say to this point, the acting, once once things get started, the acting is really not so bad. Yeah, one the once we get past the initial scene and 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 the first twenty minutes of the of the film actually surprised me because the acting's really good. Every everybody feels natural. If they, they feel like their characters are supposed to feel nobody feels like they're forcing any of their dialogue any and the exposition goes along at a, at a very smooth pace where it doesn't feel like they're trying to throw a bunch of shit at you real quick before the, the madness starts you have no idea basically you're just looking at a bunch of people on a plane right. doing their thing and you're like okay what's going on here and it actually starts to get the acting although it's decent and like you say, it doesn't feel pushed or fake or anything like that. It is a bit slow. It's, it starts out slow, like right. mo- like a lot of these older, crappier horror movies do. As fate would have it, every time I watch one of these movies, I hate someone right off the bat. And this was no disappointment. Blondie, I'm just going to call him Blondie. Blondie. Blondie crew cut dude. Hated him right off the bat. Extraordinarily whiny. Needy. Clingy. Pushing on the little button like 500 damn times to get somebody's attention. They're in a storm for crying out loud. And they're, you know, people are trying to stay calm. And this guy's starting to lose his shit. So it's really, really annoying. Well, it's, it's a really bad storm. And I, I get that it can make people nervous. Um, but he's, 
he's definitely a bit more anxious. He he's like a new puppy who's got to pee or something. He's just yeah. nonstop frantic and beyond the point of, of any rational thought. Of course, because he asked the stewardess to tell the pilots to please don't crash the plane. Can you tell him that, please? And he was smug. You want to throw him out. But as we start getting into the movie, it has kind of like the old school homage to the old Twilight uh, Twilight Zone episode. You know, with the plane, lots of obvious references. As a matter of fact, it's very similar because there is a scene where a blonde guy who's uh, who was losing it at first, a picky blonde guy. Let's call him Shit Shady. Shit Shady. There you go. We'll, call him, we'll, we'll tag him with a name. That'll right. work. You know, and you're wondering where are Shatner and Lithgow when you need them. But all we got is this prick. So yeah. he looks out the window and sees something on the wing. Something. So I was like, okay, great. So he loses it. He jumps into the aisle. He's scrambling around. He's instantly subdued by Ramjet, the 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 air marshal, who jumps on him, slams him down, and they zip tie his ass and put him into first class, therefore exiling all the first class passengers back to coach, which would piss me off. Yeah. I would have I would have taken Slim Shitty and, and snapped his neck and just said, okay, fine, charge me when we land. I'm not going to sit back. But then again, like I said at the beginning, I wouldn't even get on this fucking plane with that flight number. Yeah. Anyway. So he, let, let's go back for a sec. Let, let's go talk about the scene where he sees something on the wing. He sees the ghost of what looks like a female yes. in underwear. It's The CGI isn't great, but I, I do appreciate what is being done so it like i've never thought uh i've never had this thought of what does a ghost look like in the rain like what happens if you see a ghost when it's raining because that's true i i, I mean it's just not not something that's ever crossed my mind and you know james you and i have been investigating the paranormal for quite a while and you know we've had a few investigations had that been in bad weather or been in the rain but i don't know about you but i have never wondered what a ghost looks like in the rain but apparently this this the directors and the writer of this movie decided they wanted to know as well so you get this image of a female in her underwear on the plane on the wing of a plane and she's reaching out to shit shady and you can see her image is being distorted by the rain and the wind and it's actually pretty neat because not bad it really it's not that bad because if i was ever to wonder what it would look like i think it would look like that but yes it's very obvious that this is an homage to the twilight zone story of 30 terror at thirty thousand feet a wonderful short story originally written by richard matheson and then later made into a twilight zone episode starring the great william shatner and then remade in the twilight zone movie starring the also great john lithgow except this time we get instead of a gremlin or a furry we get <laughs> so i'm sorry the uh, the shatner gremlin looked like a damn furry okay look like yes, like a dude did. in a weird bear suit now now the lithgow one dude let me tell you i was a kid when i saw that mm-hmm. that scared the ever loving shit out of me that creepy little bug-eyed fuck it was fucking creepy, and it, look, it looked slimy and just gross. And the way it easily just tore out the plane, like like it was made of paper, yep. scared the shit out of me. But I digress. Yeah, instead instead of a gremlin or a furry, we get um we get ghost bitch, and then instead of Shatner and Lithgow, we get shit shady. Yep. And he's he's already one screw short of a, of a set. And then he sees this and he flips the fuck out. Well, also the ghost does this the typical thing where it's it's twenty feet from you one second, next second in 
an instant. It's oh, right in front of your face. Yeah, yeah, screaming at you. So of course it's gonna it's gonna freak anybody out. Jumps up on jumps up in your grill and yeah. you know gives you that jump scare thing. Got to have a jump scare. It's gonna scare anybody much you know much less a, a person who's already mentally deranged or whatever. <laughs> but that leads you to believe because you know, as the synopsis said, it's it's about a bunch of ghosts female ghosts who are coming to stop their killer so it leads you to believe that because he's the one seeing the ghost that and because he's so frantic and just got a weird personality or whatever he's probably the killer you would think that because he's such a twitchy little fuck and you would think because of that first intro scene that the ghost is coming after him because he's the one that killed it now is that the case i don't know because as we'll see later on other people actually do see the ghost as well yep so what happens is we get rolling again here we're just normal plane life you guys know how boring it is on a plane watching people flap their jaws is is no fun at all so for a while bullshit so it is a little slow going. At least, yeah, we've had a couple of little episodes, a couple of supernatural occurrences. But then we get a lady sitting next to the Sky Marshal asking for something to eat. So she's like, "Actually, no, so she's she's hungry. sitting next to the Army Ranger." So we have we we haven't fully introduced the cast as well. So we've got Buckwheat and his girlfriend, who is Lisa Bonet. We've got Shaft. Yep. We've got Reno Williams, dude, looking dude, who's a army ranger. And we've got sitting next to his, what looks like it could be his mother, but just some older lady. And then we've got Slim Shady, of course. We've got the girl with the, the mole and the tits. And then we've got Sky Marshall. And then, of course, the... So she will be labeled as tit mole the rest of the movie, <laughs> I guess, huh? Mole, mole, mole. And we've got the steward, stewardess. And then, of course, a bunch of other random passengers that we don't know about. We never learn about and we don't give a shit about. Nope. So anyway, so yes, yeah, so you have the old lady sit next to the army ranger who asked for food i'm sorry you were saying james that's okay no that's good just way to fill it in man good save anyway she starts griping about her stomach grumbling and she's eating everything on the plane and she's beating other people out of their peanuts and shit and says, i'm still hungry is there anything you got so the stewardess you know goes back and says let me see what i can do for you she's very nice and very calm and like i said the acting is really not bad i mean they're acting like normal people it doesn't feel faked at all this is actually pretty good i mean although the content is a little slow and boring at the moment but anyway she goes and gets this lady a salad and at the time you see nothing so she takes it to the lady she opens it up and it's nothing but pure lettuce. There's nothing else in it. It's just a big old pile of lettuce. This is not a fucking salad. This is rabbit food. She starts scarfing the salad and then going along and not much happening. She finishes. And just, you know, you going around to the miscellaneous people on the plane, just having general discussions about life. And it's just nothing special. And all of a sudden she starts to heave a little bit. And you're like, oh God, here it comes. You didn't know what was going to happen. Well, anyway, she gets out of the aisle. She jumps out in the seat and gets down and she throws up. You don't see any lettuce, but yet you see all these giant mealworms. It looks like bread or some sort of white yeah. substance mixed in with, and not not just mealworm, but like probably inch and a half to two inch mealworm. And first of all, they're completely whole. Yeah, they're not chewed they're not at all. Chewed. So she just swallowed and fuckers whole. Second of all, we clearly see her open the container for the salad, which is how we knew it wasn't salad. It was just lettuce because when she opens it and puts her fork in it, all we see is fucking lettuce. That's right. So no worms. where the hell did the worms come from? Because they weren't they no weren't idea. a salad. So I'm just gonna blame it on the ghosts. Oh, okay. You know, you know, because you know they fuck with what was that guy's name and and poultry guys, the one who who got the steak out of the fridge and. 
the damn worms and shit got on the chicken. Well, anyway, ghosts pull shit like that. Anyway, next, the young male stewardess and the female stewardess get back there and they're talking in a galley and they're, what's going on here? And people are freaking out. You know, this is not good. This is a... So... They check the rest of the salads. We learn a lesson. They check the salads. Yep, they're all rotten. They report to the cabin. Tell the people the food's rotten. The guy's like, hey, sit down. Just keep everybody calm. You know, we've only got about four hours left. Let's just take a moment to acknowledge the fact that when he's talking to the captain, the captain says, check the rest of the food to see if it's rotten. And by that, he means, because they they tell him that the in-flight meals have gone rotten. So what we get is a short scene of the steward pulling out about six individual salads aka lettuce bowls looking at them seeing that they're full of maggots but then then throw them in the trash but then we also get this shot looking up in the trash can from the bottom which again it's Seems like it was thrown in just to, uh, so we could all feel like garbage for and, a while, and just to I fill guess. time. I mean, I guess, I guess they had to fill the hour and a half the movie is because there was there's literally no reason for that particular shot because it doesn't add anything to the actual the the plot or whatever. Yeah, so let, let's acknowledge the fact that the in flight meals that the captain told them to check consisted of six bowls of lettuce. We don't see them check anything else, nope. just six bowls. So basically, they were going to have to fight for this food. Maybe sort of Hunger Game styles, literally, because there were about 20 people on that plane and six bowls of lettuce or salads or lettuce. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a- that's true. It's not even a full flight, is it? It's, no. it's And it's a, and it's a transcontinental flight. This yeah. is an overseas flight. Yeah. So you, you have a whole lot more food than fucking that. So anyway, so yeah, so that happens. So and then they're cleaning up the mess. They check full of food. They toss it out. Then they start talking smack. The young guy start. the young steward starts talking all this smack he makes some cracks and as we learn the lesson thou shalt not tempt the lord you yeah. talk smack and he will cut the power to teach your ass a lesson so yeah. what happens they cut the power plane goes black all of a sudden the power just completely dies and a plane goes into what has to be according to the length of the scene about a thirty thousand foot free fall i mean it, it's a very long free fall and we're sitting there and now and here's the thing they're going to free fall right the plane like you said is completely black everybody's freaking out the the camera's shaking to help simulate the movement of, of a plane going out of control except slim shitty we gotta remember he was calm as hell it must yeah. have been some good weed whatever they gave whatever they gave him man calm yeah. him the fuck down because he's just sitting there watching like whoa yeah yeah and so they're 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 all you know they're all freaking out the the music is is building up very tense and you know they're cutting back and forth between the the plane the outside of the plane falling and the inside the reactions of the people and the whole time that it's building up to tension like like they're expecting you to feel concerned for these people and worried because oh my god the plane is free falling they might crash but the fucking movie is called flight 666 we are we know from the get-go that the entire movie is going to take place in the plane we're fucking 30 minutes in they're not going to crash the plane 30 minutes into a movie called no, 666. Take, yeah, you don't take the main subject of your movie and, yeah. and do away with it. Yeah, so so the whole time that it's building up the suspense to help get the audience to be like uh, worried and concerned, but I'm over here thinking this is the dumbest shit ever. This is this is five minutes of nonsense they didn't need because we know they're not going to kill them. Now it's supposed to. I get it. I get it. It's it's supposed to instill fear in the passengers because as the ghosts make themselves more more known. The stress of the food, the stress of the the free fall is supposed to help show you that the passengers don't aren't going to know what's real or what's not because they're going to be so stressed out. Problem is they could have done that without the fake ass free fall. So anyway, so that happens. Go on. Well, once they regain control of the plane, which eventually they always do, which was a pretty good scene because they were doing a pretty good job of panic cockpit. 
finally get the power back on. The engines come back up, they pull it up, and they level out. And you look out the window, and they're still thousands of feet above the cloud line. Yeah, way above. So they yeah. must have been flying in the stratosphere. It must have been one of those... those what are they? Inter-atmosphere or, Inter- or outer atmosphere. Outer you know, atmosphere. it was one of those virgin yeah. flights that they're making where you can go into space. I guess so. Yeah. But and let look. me just real quick point out that it's at this point that all of the decent acting is thrown out the air, airplane window. Yes. I think when it free fell, when it free fell, the acting kept going. Yeah. I, I, I think the acting kind of fell off the plane and, and fell to the ground because at that point from here on out, the acting completely fucking sucks. Well, so far. Yes. Yeah, and you're like, oh my God, it just starts, well, it starts coming unhinged. Yes. Because the shit starts happening. So once they level out and they get the, the back on everybody's sitting there everybody's all ruffled up messed up terrified and the captain comes on and says we apologize for the turbulence and i'm like turbulence, turbulence. motherfucker <laughs> that was a goddamn free fall i mean he was he tsh, shit i'd have been choking a bitch i don't shit my pants for turbulence no i was anyway. gonna die i emptied my bowels yep and after that this is where we actually start to see more frequent ghosts appearing we got him showing up on the wing isaac hayes looks out the window who would you call him chef yeah chef he looks out the window sees another ghost on the wing i think it's the same one we got actually so stores. what happens before that uh, after they get out of the free fall the titty mcmole lady is sitting next to shaft <laughs> she ends up having hit her face and she has a bloody nose so she gets up to go to the bathroom so shaft is in there in the row by himself so then he just looks out the window and just happens to see the same ghost girl again from earlier yep. on this side of the plane on the different side of the plane and it rushes towards him and he closes the window and he gets up scared it's at that point that i can hear in my mind i can hear him say that i'm tired of these motherfucking ghosts on this motherfucking plane so then i mean they're showing up in the windows now the stewardess sees a face in the window you know typical screech scare kind of thing and then we got them showing up in the mirrors yeah titty mcmole she's in the she goes into the bathroom to clean up her mess and while she's in there this part really threw me off because she goes in there and all of a sudden the lights go out real quick then they come back on and it looks like her throat's cut her throat is slit and so she's freaking out but when you know in the mirror it's slit but when you see her it's not so it's obviously it's a mind trick the ghosts are playing on her so then while that's happening the stewardess on the outside comes knocks on the door and asks everything okay the lady turns around and all of a sudden the the door is gone it's just a wall now so she's freaking out because she can't get out and then all of a sudden she turns around and then she's grabbed by the hair by somebody and ends up in the cargo bay down below and my thought is when the fuck did ghosts get the ability to perform jedi mind tricks and cloud your mind they're not fucking raiding yeah because they're they're, they're just ghosts ghosts don't (laughs) ghosts don't do that they don't they don't cloud your mind to make you see shit that's not there i mean okay this is flight 666 so that would indicate like demons or devil himself but from the synopsis and what we've seen so far it's just pure ghost am i wrong in thinking that james no let's see because to me the ghost at this point it's apparent they are actually trying to signal people for help they're not really harming anyone they're popping up places but they're not really hurting anyone but they're giving visions and hints and all this stuff yeah it's scaring people but they're actually not physically harming these people they're mentally fucking with them that's true but they're not actually hurting them and then we see actually behind titty mcblonde or whatever you want to call her you see the lady holding a baby then you go outside in the cabin and the people are out there talking and stuff and you see somebody write murderer on the glass outside the plane yeah with fog yeah and then like i said the steward sees faces in the window then homegirl lisa bonet 
whatever, whoever she yeah, is, yeah, yeah, sitting there listening, yeah. listening to her iPod, and all of a sudden she gets her eardrums busted by a loud screeching noise, and you know she was blaming her boyfriend. You keep messing with my volume. What are you doing? And all of a sudden, wham! She gets hit with a loud screech, and busts her eardrum. Got blood coming out of her eyes. So the action is actually starting to pick up at this point. Thank goodness, because watching people just talk on a plane is extremely boring. It's as boring in a movie as it is in real life. Yeah, yeah. So she was actually getting like uh, snippets of the victims screaming through her her music, her uh, her earbot, ear, earphones or ear, AirPods, whatever the fuck they were. Yep. But again, this, this this so at this point we don't we don't have an idea of who the murderer is because the ghosts are starting to show themselves to various people throughout the airplane. I'm still trying to figure out why the fuck the at, up to this point why the fuck the, the ghosts are on the plane did they buy a ticket are they stored in, in are they are they riding cabin class are they stowaways because it, it doesn't make any sense and of course we don't know who the killer is at this point up to this point so it could be anybody but they're not doing a very good job much like in real life ghosts do not good, do a good job of letting people know why they are here no they do not they do not as we have learned on many investigations they do not they are not very good at getting their point across it's like do you have unfinished business Maybe, but why don't you fucking tell us instead of saying yes and no all the time? Don't stop saying yes and no. Give us a sentence. Say something. Yes, say something. something. All right, so our lovely stewardess is starting to lose her shit, which, uh, granted, she has the right because this flight is fucked. She goes into the cockpit to talk to the captain and the co-pilot, and you look out the window, and he's like, look at this weather and all this... The weather effects are pathetic. As long as we stay in the plane, the movie is okay. We go outside the plane, downhill real quick. It's ridiculous. And, and uh, well, anyway, she goes in there and she's mad and the captain's snapping and then he apologizes. She leaves and then the passenger's patience starts to run out. They've had quite an ordeal. It wouldn't have taken this long for any normal human to lose it, but I had to wait for the script to develop, I guess. Passengers started losing their shit, and they start to kind of turn on each other and argue and bicker and bitch. Yeah, she gets up, and she looks in the overhead. Somebody Lisa Bonet. Yeah, Lisa Bonet. She gets up, and she looks in the overhead bin, because she's prompted to do so, and there's ghosts. Ghosts in overhead. Inside the bin. Inside the overhead. Pokes out and grabs her arm. (laughs) She falls down, and when she falls on the ground, she ends up in the cargo hold. Cargo hold with another vision. Sees the lady with the baby. It's like, great. She can't figure out what the fuck's going on. So then the the ghost reaches out after she's, like, pleading with her, saying something to her, but you can't understand. So... The ghost puts her hands out, basically pushes her on the head. It's like slam dunks her back to the floor, and then boom, she hits the floor, and she's back in the cabin. Kind of stupid. Kind of. Well, at that point, the most bizarre shit happens. Uh-huh. What happens? This is actually a very good scene. Well, actually, before that happens, we, we start getting to, to the, the cliche that accompanies all movies where the characters are in an enclosed space, where they yeah. start becoming more paranoid. Paranoia runs rampant, and they start not trusting each other at all. And so they start blaming each person for causing the problem that's at hand. Very much like The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, or the original 19, whatever it is, movie The Thing, uh, where, you know, you're, you're isolated, you can't go anywhere, you're stuck in the situation, and people's going, people's minds are going out of it, and your paranoia is rampant, and so you start blaming everybody else, and everybody's in everybody's face saying, you did this, it's your fault, you're going nuts, tie this person up, yada, yada, yada. So while that is going on, then the scene that you're talking about kicks yep. in, and I'll let you go ahead and explain that, because it was pretty actually pretty good. 
Well, everybody's losing their shit. They're starting to argue and bicker, and all of a sudden everything goes quiet because you see in the background, you see this bruised foot come out into the aisle, and you're like, what's going on here? Lieutenant Ilea from the first Star Trek movie <laughs> walks out into the aisle, turns, and half of her face is all fucked up. I mean, she's good, well-done makeup, and this yeah. was actually a real good scare scene because she comes walking out real slow and she's walking slow and everybody's like looking at her everybody can see her everybody can see her and this time everybody's on board there's something seriously fucked up with this plane so she points 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 and she screams and then vanishes and you're like uh what's going on here i mean that that whole scene is is very well done. it was very well done and then the panic and the stewardess running back into the cockpit tell him you gotta land now you have got to land now i mean she was freaking out and it was actually very well acted yeah i mean i mean the the music the music for it wasn't overblown like it wasn't trying to it wasn't trying to overplay the scene that was happening i mean it was very very not subtle but very tense scene there was no jump scares no quick quick edits it was just a simple scene of a woman who's a ghost missing an eye slowly walking up the aisle towards the passengers who are already freaked the fuck out and doesn't do anything when she walks up to him she stops there and is there for a good few seconds and just giving everybody a full-on glimpse of what exactly is going on in the plane at this point everybody's just like and everybody's quiet they're all completely just blown away by what's happening the, yeah, the like marshal some, draws some his gun woman didn't just walk down now yeah know. yeah <laughs> so the marshal draws his gun and has her his gun pointing at her and, and instead of doing just a quick jump scare or doing that that stupid cliche thing where like they make the the ghost uh jaw like elongate to make it seem like it's unnatural <laughs> and scary that she just shit. yeah yeah she just opens up her mouth points and then slowly not slowly but attempts to quickly move towards the guy marshal but then before anything happens she disappears it's a very well done scene it's a good scene and then like i said and then the stewardess runs into the cockpit again screaming for the pilot you gotta land now you gotta land hey we can't land you know the, the pilot he's screaming back at her saying we can't land not until this weather clears and all of a sudden the co-pilot starts kind of making funny faces and unbuckling his seatbelt what the hell's going on all of a sudden he gets his ridiculous eyes yells revenge and attacks the captain just out of nowhere gets possessed boom so now the ghosts have uh, upped their ante and they're now possessing people at random which they didn't show they could do before and the first person that they choose to possess is the scrawny little (laughs) co-pilot you have let's count on board first of all let's go from most intimidating to least intimidating you have the air marshal Okay, he's an authority figure with a weapon on board, the only weapon on board, and this marshal is actually built like a linebacker. He's a big, strong dude. You've got the Air Force Ranger. I'm uh, sorry, Army Ranger. Sorry, excuse me. Pardon me. Ooh, that was terrible. The Army Ranger. Yeah, that that, that was sacrilegious. The Army Ranger. Tall, super built. He's a military man, knows how to handle himself and a weapon. You have Shaft. You have Buckwheat. Then you you choose to... Heck, I'd even take Lisa Bonet over this uh, co-pilot. She's pretty tough, too. Over Wormtail co-pilot. Yeah, for real. The little scrawny dude. They choose him to try to take out... The, the pilot for some reason and and it's like okay so first of all when did you get this this ability to possess and second of all why haven't you used it already you know i mean the plot hole why, is as big as the plane waiting? yeah had yeah. to wait till 
an hour and 15 minutes into the movie for the shit to break loose. Exactly. Well, anyway, the plane's rocking violently as they're fighting, and that's actually quite well done, because in the cabin, people are being thrown all about, and everything's going crazy, and it was actually quite well done. You know, people look like lottery balls getting thrown around, so it was actually pretty cool. And then they finally regained control, and they just said, look, we got to have a conference here. And then everybody, for some reason, thank God, started to spill the beans about what they've all been seeing because they haven't really shared anything with each other at this point. There's been a little bit, but they start, hey, I've seen this and I've seen this. There's a ghost in the bathroom. There was, you know, somebody standing. Ghost touched my penis. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know, I do, I do want to say this was actually another well done. I know I hate I hate the fact I've used the phrase "well done" scene three times at least during this review because that's not what this podcast is all about. But this was actually a pretty well done scene because of the fact that everybody everybody has some sort of something to contribute to the stories, and at no time was there any one particular person who was poo pooing or naysaying everything that was being said. Everybody believed everybody when they were telling their story yeah. every single passenger which it, typically with these kind of movies you get one person who's just a hard hard-nosed jackass skeptic who doesn't believe anything that's being said even if he's the minority in in yeah. the case you didn't get that in the scene every single person had something to contribute and everybody single is every single person believed what was going on it was yeah. pretty refreshing no, we didn't have no elliot from bye bye man here yeah it was pretty refreshing yeah so yeah it was very refreshing and what they do they conclude from their discussions that they were all being led to the cargo bay because they were all talking about how they all ended up there. So they decided they needed to go down there and check things out. So they get down there. Wait, let's, let's not let's not go past the pretty funny scene that actually happened. For whatever reason, they, it's not really important. They decided to let Shit Shady go because they <laughs> realized he wasn't crazy. He did see yeah, something. Sure. But it's at that point that the air marshal realizes, okay, I need to go down to the cargo hold because the Lisa Bonet character and the, and the who was the other person that went down the cargo hold? The, uh, the Titty McMull. Yeah, Titty yeah McMull, they, right. both, they both talked about how they ended up in the cargo hold in their vision. And so he realizes he needs to go down. Well, of course, being a movie and, and being everybody in the movie feels like they're entitled to do what they want, uh, even though he's the only authority figure in on the plane. He's like, OK, I'm going to go down the plane. You guys hang out here. I'm going to see what, what I can find. And then Lisa Bonet's like, no, I'm going down there, too. She talked to me. I need to go down there. And the marshal quite rightly says, no, you cannot go down there. You stay on the plane. You are not going anywhere. And they have a back and forth for a bit. And all of a sudden, then the army ranger pipes in. He's like, I'm going down, too. And the marshal is like, nobody else is going down. I am going down. Stay here. And then the Bonet character is like, no, I'm going down. But then her boyfriend is like, babe, you're not going down there. You stay here. I'm going down there. And by that time, I throw up my hands like, is nobody <laughs> listening to the fucking air marshal? Nobody taking the guy serious. Yeah. So then what happens is you get fucking Scooby-Doo. You get six of them fuckers going down in the cargo hold <laughs> for no reason. Like, yep. you don't need six people to go check the cargo hold. And so, yeah, so they go on the cargo hold. Uh, what happens after that, James? And then they, they're they looking around, and then for some reason there is an entrail or an intestine or something on the floor, and they follow it. And I'm like, what the hell are they doing? I mean, it's it's not real. It's just, it's, it's I guess it's a ghostly thing. But anyway, they follow it, and it's to a bag, and they pick this bag up, and they unzip it, open it up. There's pictures physical evidence hair knife hammer okay so we now we've got murder weapons we've got evidence who's the bag belong to and they say well we'll find out hmm first of all they're putting their hands all over everything getting their yeah. fingerprints all over the murder weapons and stuff yeah. and then they look at the tag and of course it is 
Who, Chris? It belongs to the pilot. Surprise, surprise, the pilot's the killer. Motherfucker. Yes. Well, they go up there to confront the captain, and all freaking hell once again breaks loose. Yeah, and so they confront the the pilot, um, and then it's so again it, it's the it's air marshal, Lisa Bonet, Buckwheat, and uh, stewardess are all in inside inside the the cockpit. By the way, we've got to mention that the co-pilot who attacked the uh, pilot after he was possessed was tied up and put in first class, so he's he's not in the cockpit. It's just a, just a single pilot. And those four people. And my thought was, okay, if, you, if you're about to go confront the pilot and possibly remove him, why would you not untie the co-pilot so you have somebody flying the fucking plane? Nah, that's pretty stupid. Yeah. Stupid move. So you, you subdue the only other person on board who can fly the damn thing. Exactly, exactly. So they confront him. He nosedives the plane for, I guess, trying to kill him all for some stupid reason. And there's a scuffle. The, the ranger gets the the co-pilot free from the uh from first class but when that happens all of a sudden the ghost starts going from person to person uh possessing them but again does not go into the ranger goes from the co-pilot again to one of the other passengers which you, you don't really know much about to shaft and then from shaft it goes straight into the cockpit where it, it possesses lisa bonet and what's weird is it leaves them unconscious and you don't know if they're dead alive or what but yeah and then yeah, and she gets on Lisa, and Lisa attacks the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is where we pointed out, you know, we pointed out more plot holes. Like, okay, if you had this power all this time, why did you wait an hour and 15 minutes into the movie to, into the flight, or excuse me, flight, aka movie, to use this power? Also, if you can possess anybody, why would you not possess the pilot, the person who was the killer? <laughs> Just crash the fucking pilot. Well, not even that. <laughs> not even that. Just take everybody out. Fuck it. And then you fly off. I mean, if you're if you're a spirit, you just crash the fucking plane and haul ass. You know? So you, you possess the pilot, and then you make him get up and walk, and then you make him jump out the plane, jump out the fucking plane, and kill himself. No parachute, done and done, and that's it. You possess every, almost everybody else except for the two other people that could do anything: the air marshal or the army ranger. And although it's well act, Chris, you're doing one of my things. You are trying to put too much logic into it. Stop. That's a good point. Logic does not apply here, my friend. It does not compute. With a little help from all the spirits that he has killed in the past to uh, get back basically to it because and now this is the climax. It's coming to the boiling point. All hell's, you know, converged on the cockpit and pilot is out there wrestling around, grabs the gun from the air marshal. They're fighting and he's actually turns out to be pretty tough because the air marshal, <laughs> he's out of the air marshal's a little bit. The air marshal who's, who's built like a linebacker is the worst air marshal. Gets his ass whooped and pilot gets the gun away. But then the spirits of all of his victims who have somehow made it onto the plane, all three, four or something like that, converge on him and they subdue him and basically force him to blow his own brains which was good, but then you saw the bullet hole in the fuselage, and like, okay, where's the depressurization? Plot hole. Logic. Stupid. You're trying to bring logic anyway, into this movie, James. Stop it. Co-pilot, they throw his ass into the seat. He lands the plane, sort of, as I call it. They land without the landing gear because nothing was working. Flaming crash into the terminal. Everybody survives. Credits roll. End of movie. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> now, the thing is... I really, if it goes down to it, I have to give this movie props on a lot of fronts. What Very well acted. But where it loses points for me, basically, is the slow pace, for one, and then the crappy effects. 
So for acting, I give this thing a, a pretty much a one turd. For horror acting, it was actually quite well done. Okay. Direction, I give it a two. You know, maybe a one. It was, very, it was well. It was well directed. The story was good. The um, effects pretty shitty. Yeah, the effects were pretty shitty. And then I guess what the the script yeah. was was okay. So unfortunately, I know I say, but I'm gonna have to go with this movie for the quality of the acting alone. Couldn't quite bring it over the pinnacle for me. I'm going three turds on this one, kind of okay. middle of the road, okay. because it was good, but not great. Okay. You know, it wasn't like fun. It didn't have many funny parts to try to, you know, bring it. I mean, I know they can't all be funny, but so shitty that it's supposed to be funny. So this, for me, share it with your friends, drink heavily, right. and you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I'd say drink heavily is definitely a prerequisite for this movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go. So the acting was... was Decent for the most part. The Tismic Mole was terrible. Her 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 crying was really really bad, like bad, like oh, like tits, like tits <laughs> like middle school theater bad. And the plot was it was I felt like the plot was recycled from other better movies. Uh, the script was non-existent. The direction was okay. Special effects were bad, except for the uh, ghosts. When the ghosts were actual, like when when they were actually the actresses there on set. In the makeup, it was actually. Really, uh, I know I say actually a lot. I say actually as much as James says basically, <laughs> but actually, okay. no. Yeah, so when, when they were on set, they were. It was very impressive. Everything else was wasn't that great. You know, it it wasn't terrible, terrible, but it wasn't good either. The main, my main point of contention with this movie is that with everything it had going for it versus going against it, it was just so fucking boring. Like almost hunting grounds boring. Yes. Like, like you, like you said, it was very slow paced. It just, it, I couldn't, I think almost fell asleep like twice throughout it, watching it. (laughs) And I I just can't recommend it, you know, more than once. And, and, and for that reason alone, I'm going to give it a five. Oh, yeah you watch it once with your friends it's 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 just bad it's bad as bad you know it's it's worth watching just to to get the experience but uh after that that's it just you know and take some sort of uh, uh illicit substance to remove it from your memory and just uh move on with your wow. life it was so it's how boring it was because my higher grade movies are those that are actually way worse in in all aspects acting plot whatever but they're so fucking fun to watch because they have so many memorable scenes memorable scenes and memorable dialogue uh dialogue bits um that i just i couldn't give it more than a five it's just yeah. five for me so it is yeah. what it is brother so uh saying that okay uh another one bites the dust james where can they find all of us at all right social media we are on facebook under what the suck podcast we are on twitter we are on instagram and we our podcast can be found on castbox.fm uh, we are also on stitcher Stitcher.com, and we are also on Spotify. And also the fact that the movie's called Flight 666, which brings to mind visions of the beast, the devil, devil and demons, and all this crap. Yeah, but it's just ghosts. It's just ghosts, pure and simple. There's no demon, there's no devil. 
there is absolutely no reason to call this movie Flight 666. They could have called it Haunted Flight. They could have called it Ghost Flight. Or as they so or as they so prominently put it in the last 10 minutes of the movie during the rampage, Revenge! Yeah, that's a great... Uh, yeah, Revenge is a much better name revenge. for this film than... Revenge at 80,000 feet. It had to be 80,000 feet because when the plane dropped, 30,000, they were still 50,000 feet in the air. Called it Revenge in Space. But yeah, Flight 666 it just is not a good name for this movie. And you can get all three apps, uh, CastBox, Stitcher, and Spotify. Apps are available on your iOS or your Android. Just download them and then search. Uh, if you want to listen to a computer, just type in the name and uh, type in Stitcher.com or Spotify or CastBox.fm. And then under the search, just do what suck, and we should come up right away. I'm also going to start including all the links and all of our social media postings to make it easier for everybody to find. Absolutely. All right. Well, I mean, that's, I think that's it for this one. There's not really much more to say on this particular shitty movie. Yeah. Until then, I'm Chris. And I'm Jay. And uh, all right, guys, we will see you on the next movie, and um, good luck. Peace. Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea.